Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, Matt, for our adventurers, it's we're back with Sir Crokington, and he and he hopped on his horse and went back to the capital, which is Talonus. All right, so we're starting a series of adventures, which will end up with him traveling to a whole new world. The begin with eavesdropping. You hear a potentially interesting bit of information while eavesdropping over a mug of ale in the Stoic Lord Tavern. Well, let's begin. While relaxing over a frothing mug, relaxing over and possibly inside of a frothing mug of ale in the Stoic Lord Tavern, you can't help but overhear a conversation between two shady-looking characters seated at the next to- table over. Though you can't quite hear every word that is said. You do you do hear the men repeatedly making mention of a lark song way. Claims he's got himself some valuable bit of news. As one of the men as he gets up to leave. It won't pay nothing though. Knowing that little wat it'll be a false lead or some complete fabrication. When the men are gone, you master the man seated across the table. From you with lark stone... Lark Song Way is a street here in Talonus. The man replies it is, but he warns you. It runs through a rough section in the city's eastern quarter. You thank the man and leave the tavern. Alright, let's... Let's explore Talonus to find Lark Song Way. Alright, here we got a box. Lark Song Way. Explore. Maybe there's a map somewhere. After a somewhat lengthy trek, you have it upon that which you seek. Lark Song Way. Lark Song Way is a narrow, twisting street in the city's eastern section, crowded with beggars and gangs of roving street urchins. Now and again, city guards sweep through the desperate sector, scattering the filthy wabble that caused the gutters and alleys of this unwholesome thoroughfare home. As you move along the crowded, odorous street, you're approached by a long gap that carved in a gaudy, tattered cape that is much too large for his small frame. The lad bows deeply, deeply and introduces himself to Jewish Denwork. You look like a lady of adventure, miss, he says, grinning. If indeed you are, and I've got a bit of information, might be willing to swap some gold for. Did you have it for 25 gold tokens? So, I could, if you have the power of divination, I could use it. Or I could give him the gold, or pay him no mind. Oh, I'll use divination. After all that XP I spent levelling it up, gotta, make, gotta get some use out of it. 
You sense the lad is telling you the truth. You also sense the information of which he speaks could prove to be quite valuable. But you didn't just give me that information, did you? Well, I guess... I guess the magic has some sort of standards. Or something like that. Pay him 25 gold and hear what he has to say. Jebrook snatches and pockets the gold. He then looks over both shoulders, moves in close to you, speaking in a hushed tone. You listen intently as the young lad describes in detail a strange stone monument he came upon while exploring the forest east of the city. He tells you the massive statue is tall as two men and wider than three standing abreast. It was covered with vines and moss and half sunken into the soft earth making it difficult to notice that you were nearly on top of it. It's a giant closed fist, he says, his eyes wide as he relates his tale. It was covered with all sorts of strange markings and the like. Quite strange indeed. Herbert tells you that he attempted to revisit the statue, but that when he returned to the spot a few days, having found it, he was aghast to discover that a band of forest trolls I set up camp in the vicinity. The woods were crawling with them, he says. I've never seen this patrol before, and I don't care to ever see one again. They're horrible. Must have been eight, nine or ten of them. I dare not go back again. But I wager it would take a whole legion of trolls to scare you off, Amos. Dilbrick explains once more how to get to the statue. And you thank you for the information. With a quick wave, the young lad disappears along, along the teeming thoroughfare. Sir Croakington, to follow Debrick's direction to the statue in the forest, return to the main section of Talus and select Explore Talus. Then enter Forest Statue as the location you wish, wish to explore. All right, I shall do that. But first, I'll rest and restore that one Neville Reserve. Alright, explore Taunus, forest, statue. Now, could I have found it without paying that guy? Probably. After a somewhat lengthy trek, he happened upon that which you seek, the location of the forest statue that Debwick told you about. With little difficulty, he reached the spot in the forest that Debwick indicated, and much as he described... You spot the massive vine-entangled stone fist rising out of the soft earth. And, as the young lad also related, you count at least two dozen forest trolls milling about the secluded forest nook. A large hide tent had been wetted in close proximity to that statue. They can only assume it houses some fearsome, savage leader of these trolls. There was currently no way you could hope to directly approach the statue without being discovered. So, I could just boldly enter the troll encampment and hope, hope they just don't notice me. Or I can kill them all if they do. As tempt to sneak closer to the tent to investigate. Hmm, bold? I'll be bold. In a calculated act of bravado, you stride purposely into the midst of the troll encampment, for you take care to make certain an open path of retreat lies in your wake. 
reaction of trolls is, trolls is much as you would expect. Roaring with displeasure, and slightly taken aback by the boldness of a lone human. A group of four of the hulking beasts draw up in front of you, their massive hands clutching heavy wooden clubs. So I could just attack them, or I could give them a chance to give them a chance to survive. I guess I have to give them at least a chance. Demand to parley with the leader of the trolls. Your, bra- your brazen request is met with surprise and suspicion. One of the trolls takes a step towards you, his club rising into the air, but the foremost of his savage kin places his arm across his chest, hauling his ad- halting his advance. The fearsome creatures listen impatiently as you lay out your case for before the parley. Right, picking a number. Bonus 54, all from diplomacy. Pick now, because I think I think if I if this goes wrong, I'm gonna get bonked on the head, and the rest of me as well. <laughs> it won't blunt because because I'm small. Pick now. Hundred and six. Much a surprise, not to mention that of the troll gathered here. The flap of the high tent is thrown back, and impossibly large. Particularly gruesome specimen of a forest troll emerges. The troll chieftain has overheard you making your case for a parley, and though he regards you with obvious disdain, sits prepared to listen to what you might have to say. You stand within combat range of the chieftain. You feel you might be able to launch an unexpected attack on, attack on the foul beast. Now, if I had a diplomacy of 30 or more, I'd, there'd be a chance, uh, I would have at least a chance of being able to sort something, talk something out. But I don't, it's only level 27. Admittedly, I could just use my general XP to get to that level, but I haven't saved for several seconds. I haven't saved for 11 minutes. I'm not going to lose 11 minutes of, con- of content or something. No, no. Ta- the other option is violence. Attack the troll leader. Your attack catches the troll, ch- catches the chieftain off guard. You're able to land a series of well-placed strikes before he looses an enraged bellow and sets upon you with all the brute strength and savage fury. That earned his kin their fearsome reputation. Here we are. It's a forest troll chieftain. And he's, he's still a plus three. Even though he's the chief. And I'm a tidy toad. <laughs> with magical powers. The chieftain swings at you. With this mighty spike club. But I keep hopping out of the way. I keep, yep. <laughs> Hop. <laughs> Hop. <laughs> Hop. And he is slain. Right in the eye. Just pull it deep until it goes into the skull. And then just scrape, scrape out the brains. Or something like that. You've slain your foe. 36 XP. Panic sweeps through the troll camp. And the chieftain's bloody corpse slumps, slumps to the forest floor at your feet. And I have to hop out the way to make sure I'm not crushed. The remaining trolls flee in every direction. 
In a matter of moments, the encampment is completely deserted. You stoop down to search. To search the body of the fallen twelve chieftain, discover the following. Fifty-two gold tokens! That was probably the entire savings of the entire tribe. Although I don't... Although I don't know exactly what they'll do with gold. Because it's kind of difficult for a troll to go into a pub. And say... <laughs> and then it, they drop a coin on the... On the... On the... On the bark. On the... The bar... Think... Oh, the, the bar stand... Well, the thing the bar the tavern keep the thing the bar keeps behind. Drop a coin and then well, the tavern keeper would just assume Well, I assume you want beer, cause that's all we have here. And then and then then the tavern keep just puts a puts a beer in front of him and takes the gold and then the troll tries to eat drink to grab the tavern, but then he crushes it with his massive troll fingers. And then it cries a little bit. It does wanted the beer. Something like that. Large spiked club. And of course, it's club. It's got a melee rating of two. And I'll just take it. You rise from the chieftain's corpse and carefully survey the deserted camp. Suddenly, a deep, rumbling voice thunders in your head. Well done, disciple. Approach my idol. Unnerved by the strange voice echoing in your head, you cautiously approach the vine-entangled statue Stealing yourself for what you feel may be an intimate threat. As you draw near to the statue, you spot a small, square, faintly glowing object lying on the ground at its base. You pick up the curious object and examine it. It's an unidentified wood icon. This small, square, glowing icon is crafted out of solid wood. It's obvious this strange object is not of this world. The likeness of an enraged swamp troll is etched onto its surface. Well, that's uh, somewhat, somewhat fitting. I mean, it's, I, didn't, I mean, it wasn't a swamp troll I slain, but maybe that's the closest they had. Well, I'll take it. As you stand before. The vine-covered idol, the gentle hiss of a soft, raspy voice, begins to echo in your mind. You spin around, not quite knowing what to expect. A surprise discovered no one is there. The great warrior spirit has smiled at you to this day, Sir Crokington. Echoes the voice in your head. You have spared this monument from desecration, the hands of the trolls. And Palak has deemed you worthy of the honour of discipleship. He has already bestowed upon you an icon of great power. 
you examine the small, square, faintly glowing object resting in the palm of your hand, and wonder what its significance might be. As if in answer to your unspoken questions, the voice in your head speaks again. The icon you possess is a blessing from the great warrior spirit, speaks the voice. You will receive others in the great in the wake of battle, when your prowess and courage in battle is pleased, Plauk. They usually may note you in time, Sir Crokinon, but know that they shall provide a true disciple with the means to craft powerful instruments of battle. But not, not really. <laughs> not anymore, anyway. Well, they're a lot less power. They've been kind of outpaced. By just more other more powerful instruments turning up elsewhere. For nearly a minute, the voice is silent. You're starting to believe it is part of a good, when your thoughts are again interrupted by a soft, wasping hiss. You must seek out the realm of Kynal Kulthanor, the voice intones. It is there that your true metal shall be known. And your worthiness of the disciple laid bare. Seek out Lothwan in the city of Tanlas, for he alone can start you on your journey. Seek out a place known as Pennycarn Lane. To find Lothwan, pay a visit to Pennycarn Lane in Tanlas. You may need to look for it. 64 XP to General. A soft, waspy voice that invaded your thoughts fades and does not return. For a moment, the distant rumble of thunder echoes in your head. Then all is silent. You take another look at the strange icon resting in the palm of your hand, wondering what it all means. And if the man named Lothram that the voice mentioned would provide you with any answers. With these thoughts racing through your minds, for your mind... I think I only have one. You turn away from the vine-entangled statue and set off on a trek back to the city. Alright, let's go find Pennycarn Lane and Lothram. Pennycarn Lane, it's in my heart and something else. After some lot of lengthy trek, you happen upon that which you seek. Pennycarn Lane. Pennycarn Lane is a quiet, narrow street. Narrow tree-lined street in the ancient part of the city's southern end. It runs adjacent to one of the main routes that leads into the city's south gates. Alright, I can visit a run-down building named the Third House. I think that's where the person I rescued from the caves of Westworld is, but... Not yet. Stroll along the lane. You move down, down Pennycarn Lane, taking in the sights of this tree-lined street. As you move along the street, you spot a small man in a waggy cloak, watching you closely from the mouth of a narrow alley. As you approach, he tips the brim of his grubby leather hat and cracks a rather unsettling smile. Good day to you, miss, he says, holding out his upturned hat. Perhaps you'd be kind enough to spare a gold token? Well, I did get 52 gold tokens off this troll I slayed. So, 
If you can say 152 for the troll, you can get it. Alright, okay. Actually, I'll just give it to you. Alright. One gold is spent, is given away. The beggar flashes you an unsettling grin as, you deposit, as he deposits the gold token in his overturned hat. He quickly removes the coin and slips in his pocket before again donning the grimy hat. You're about to continue past him without paying him further heed when he suddenly says something completely unexpected. If you're a lady of means, I might be able to show you something that would be of interest to you. Something that I'm interested in parting with for a price. It'll cost you 50 tokens just to see it though, mind you. The small, wretched man leers up at you from beneath a solid brim of a hat. He appears to be studying you closely. Those is your weight, your response. So I could pay him 50 gold tokens, but I've got to find Lothran. Refuse the offer and continue on your way. Let's, let's stroll along this lane some more. Norman, continue on your way. As you stroll along Pennycar Lane, you notice a tall man in black robes. Yep, that's the sort. That looks like the kind of guy you're looking for. Moving along the opposite side of the street. The man has a lengthy grey beard. Yep. And carries a long wooden staff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the sort of person who can send me on quests. Quest beard. The beard of giving quests. Yeah, and if you're a woman who wants to give quests, you can just put on a fake beard. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the beard's important, not, not, not the gender. The man subtly pours at the mouth of the wide alley and turns to enter it. You critically are taken aback, however, when he subtly turns and stares directly at you. His cold, piercing gaze sends an involuntary shiver the length of your spine. The man abruptly turns, steps into the alley and disappears from sight. Follow him into the alley. When you reach the mouth of the alley, and are surprised to find it is now empty, there is no sign of the tall man in black robes. You witness stepping into the alley only moments ago. Whether as you peer into the gloom, you note that the narrow passage is a dead end, set into the stone wall at the far end of the galley. Of the alleys, a wooden door. So investigate the door, bugger off, or if you have the power of divination, I can use it. I do, and I will. Channeling divination. You sense a powerful, malevolent presence exists beyond the closed door. You also sense a powerful magic is at work in the in the alley. Oh well. Hmm. Must check I'm fully healed. Yep, and I am. Investigate the door at the end of the alley. You've suddenly taken less. You've taken less than ten steps into the alley when you suddenly begin to feel disorientated. You stagger onwards for a few more feet until an intense wave of nausea drops you to your knees and your vision starts to blur. As you struggle to regain your feet, the door at the end of the alley sweeps open. Swings open. Standing in the doorway is a tall, grey-bearded man in black robes, flanked on either side by two large black robes. He sneers as he fixes a cold gaze upon you. Suddenly, the man's stare softens, and a faint smile appears on his face. 
The overpowering sensation of nausea coursing through your body subsides, and he steps forward. It was steps forward and reaches down to help you on your feet. Like that. <laughs> Quickly now, Sir Cokerton. We dare not leave, leave, linger here. The man ushers you through the doorway into a small, windowless room. He closes the door behind him and stands with his arms crossed. And he looks over you closely. The two black wolves stroll over to one corner of the room and flop down. Apparently not interested in paying you any further attention. Well, I am very poisonous, possibly. I'm, I'm not sure. The thing is, when people turn you into animals, they, they never actually tell you what they've told you in, turned you into exactly. Yep, they never know, you know, just, just, you know, just bring out, bring, bring out, a, bring out, a, bring out a good old-fashioned beastry and say, you're this now. Ah, thanks, thanks, that saved me a lot of time. All right, oh, yeah, you apparently are. Oh, okay, my diet is this. Oh, that's a really short lifespan. Oh, no, oh, your, your magic one is different. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, and, oh, wait. I'm intensely allergic to chocolate? Oh, bugger! Couldn't you turn me into something that could eat chocolate? No! 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 <laughs> but I guess it's good that you told me. Because otherwise I would have immediately... Immediately took got had a lot of comfort chocolate and probably killed myself. So thank you for telling me. I mean, screw you for turning me into this, but thank you for at least telling me. Yeah, is that theoretical situation of a more considerate transfigurer? You're coming. You're coming up here to me, in my dreams," says the grey-bearded man. Breaking into, breaking what in several moments of silence, the great warrior spirit again, first again for a champion. <laughs> Lest my aged eyes deceive me, I shall proclaim that before me there stands one, one truly worthy of discipleship. The man introduces himself as Lothran, and tells you that despite his present appearance. He was once a warrior of unmatched skill who, like you, was called upon for discipleship by the warrior spirit Pauk. Now, who is Pauk? Pauk, the great warrior spirit, known as the great warrior spirit. Scholars and sages have long debated the existence and nature of Pauk, who some believe to be a lesser god that serves Sithak, the Allfather. The most popular accounts of Pauk place the great warrior spirit as the Wrath of the Allfather. Okay, that's a cool name. A powerful, omnipotent being that carries out the wrath of the all-powerful God. Although not worshipped directly by any large groups, many warriors will wear charms or bear arms, an equipment that has been inscribed with with Pauk's symbol. A clenched fist weighs skyward. Pauk's prayer is often uttered by warriors before entering battle, and is spoken as follows. Under the eyes of the Allfather, 
May the gro- may the great warrior spirit grant me swift and just victory. Though my shield be cloven, and man, and my body pierced, may my spirit endure, so that I shall prevail. Ah, that's who Palk is. That was many years ago. He says, the spirit goes restless. Indeed, I dare say the world is in need of a new champion. For none yet, not even I, have been able to do the entirety of the great spirit's bidding. Therefore, it is on to you that I must pass the mantle of discipleship. Lothrin tells you the strange icon you received, the base of the statue in the forest, is a token that has been bestowed upon you by Palk himself. The grey-bearded man explains the icons may be fitted into wear, imbuable weapons and pieces of armour, bestowing upon these items a myriad of wondrous enchantments. Such items are not of this world, he says gravely. Indeed, there is but one place in which I know them to exist. It is the realm of Kailu Falar, a dark neville realm. A place of wild, primal beauty, and yet of unspeakable terror. It is a realm the great warrior spirit created, then mysteriously abandoned. It has long since fallen to chaos and ruin. Its surviving, fateful subjects remain there, embattled against the dark horde that has invaded the realm in the absence of Palk, awaiting their ultimate deliverance, the hands of their master's true disciple. Lothrin explains that the reclaiming of Canothanar, the name of Palk, the defeat of the wickedness that has claimed the well stands as a defining test of skill and resolve for the true disciple of the great warrior spirit, a test that is yet to be met. No disciple has ever been able to vanquish the evil that stalks the well, says Lothram grimly, yet why do I find myself choosing to hope that in you there is the faint light of hope to pierce the ageless darkness. Lefren tells you there is little time to waste, though although it has been many years since he passed into Neverwell or Colonel Fomor, in his dreams he has foreseen a terrible fate about to befall the Fenorians. The evil that presses the great warrior spirit's subjects is greater than ever before, he says gravely. I fear that without the arrival of a true champion, and indeed their master's chosen disciple, the str- their struggle for survival will soon be a- an end, and the realm of Canulfanor will be forever lost. Lothram places his hand on your shoulder, and his stern demeanour softens. I'm an old man, Sir Crokington, and I've done in the... T- in the time that was given to me, all that I could. The burden of discipleship now rests upon your shoulders, and you must now bear it, even if you would wish otherwise. When you feel you are prepared to take your first step on the journey, return to the statue in the forest. The statue is a gateway between our world and the Neverwill realm of Canalfanor, for which only a true disciple may pass. Place your hand on the ancient stone and you will be transported 
to the Florian town of Shadowedge. There shall your task begin. Lorentham looks over you gravely for a moment and then speaks again. You must seek out Skywind Taklam in Shadowedge, he says. He's the leader of the Florians. A man of great ability and wisdom. You'll be able to appraise you on the current state of things. Okay, who are the Fenorians? There's a link. This race of grey-skinned humans with jet-black, pupilless eyes inhabits the nevery, the shadowy Neverwell realm of Canal Fenor. The Florians are all that remain of a vast population that faithfully served Palk, the great warrior spirit, in the glorious realm of his creation. Upon the sudden and unexpected departure of their master, however, the realm of Canorfanor fell into decay and ruin, as vast hordes of wicked creatures from the depths of the Neverness invaded it. The Fenorians, determined to wait for the arrival of the true disciple of their master, defend their last remaining refuge, the town of Shadowedge, from an ever-increasing tide of evil that assails its border. And Canorfanar, there's another link here, might as well read this too, the broken, shadowy Neville Well of Canorfanar has long been the proving grounds for the disciples of Pauk, once home to the great warrior spirit. The realm has since fallen in decay following the departure of its master, and is now home to a li- nightmarish legion of foul creatures from the vast depths of the Neverness. It is not known why Palk abandoned the realm he created, and long protected, indeed. Only a small number of the great warrior spirit's loyal subjects remain in the shadowy Neville realm. These subjects, known as Florians, are a race of grey-skinned humans who had faithfully served Palk during, who faithfully served Palk during his reign over Canal Fomar. Unable to leave the realm to which they're bound, the Florians, whose jet-black eyes bear no pupils, are engaged, engaged in a constant battle for survival against the legions of evil that stalk the former realm of their master. The town of Shadowedge, at the centre of Canulfenor, is the last remaining Fenorian outpost in the realm. Protected by the magic of three ancient standing stones at its perimeter, the town survives against the unrelenting and merciless tide of evil that seeks seeks its destruction. Alright, and now that's, that's enough background building. Lothrin wishes you luck and tells you to return to him as needed in the event he might be able to offer you any help. You bid him farewell and set out on your way. Sir Crokington, as the disciple of Quack, Palk, the great warrior spirit, from time to time, you will from time to time collect special icons following a victory in combat. These icons will be unidentified when you achieve them. If you have the skill of Arcania, you may use it to identify these icons. You may also return to Lothrun in Talonus, and he will identify the icons for you. Alright. West again. 
Yeah, let's, we got an icon, let's see what it is. So wood icon of the troll and 16 Arcania. Yeah, and just another one, and I'll be able to have up again. A few more, and I'll be able to, one more, I find an icon, I'll be able to level up Arcania again. Which <laughs> is probably actually the main point of getting the icons. Is that it, it gives you a source of Arcania experience. Okay, and now let's go to the Idol of Palp. Yeah, once again, standing before the vine entangled Idol of Palk, hidden deep in the forest outside Talonus. Place your hands on the statue. The moment your hands touch the ancient stone, your surroundings begin to swirl and grow dim. A bright flash of white light momentarily blinds you. An instant later you are weightless, floating in no discernible direction through a vast emptiness, flecked with the faint glow of thousands of tiny specks of green light. Or as soon as the sensation has begun, it is over. You find yourself once again on your own four feet in a landscape quite different from the one in which you departed only moments ago. You are standing in the northwest corner of the Florian town of Shadow Edge, in the Neville realm of Canulfenar. A large statue, identical to the one in the forest outside Tannanus, stands to your white. You know that touching this statue will transport you back to the world of Swift. Suddenly, the voice of a young woman wings out from behind you. You turn around and see a young woman moving towards you. The woman is wearing a chain tunic, and across her shoulder is slung a heavy spiked club. We waited your coming for quite some time, she said, says as she draws near. Your woman, Fenor, in bows graciously, draws up to you and introduces herself as a as Maymara, like all Thanorians, her jet black eyes have no pupils, and her skin is a shade of deep grey. You are eagerly awaited in the meeting house, says Maymara. Our leader, Quim Talakalam, wishes to speak with you at once. Your arrival is certainly an answer to our prayers, for I cannot imagine a more timely appearance of all that has happened of late. Maymara studies you closely. Appear, what appears to me to be a look of disappointment passes briefly over her face. You must forgive me for saying it. But I mean no ill by it, he says. But somehow expected our departure new disciple departed master's new disciple would be somehow different. No matter then, follow me. May I lead you to the remaining meeting house at the central shadow edge, where you are met by the tall, grey-haired, broad-shouldered leader of the Norians, a man by the name of Quinquirin Talclam. You have little doubt, as you first set eyes on this man, that he is a warrior of great strength and ability. You introduce yourself to him, and he bows deeply, revealing a double-bladed axe strapped to his back. You've come to us in our hour of need, Sir Crokington. We've been struck by grave misfortune of late. Indeed, we prayed that the great warrior spirit would again send us his chosen disciple. 
a worthy champion who would turn back the vile tide that threatens to consume us. Here our prayers have not gone unanswered. You speak at length with Quirin, Anna, and you are impressed not only by his resolve, but by the bravery and resilience of the Florian people that he leads. Ever beset by the tide of evil that seeks to destroy them, the Florians have pledged themselves to survive against seemingly overwhelming odds. Karen tells you the Shadow Edge is protected not only by its vigilant and well-trained citizenry, also by three ancient standing stones on its perimeter, the edge of the forest. Standing stones are magical, he explains. Each has long ago, was long ago fitted with a powerful enchanted jewel that wards off our enemies, preventing them from nearing our town. Kuin tells you that a, like a week ago, a militia patrol passing near one of the standing stones came upon a disturbing scene. They witnessed a tall, robed skeleton being working some sort of magic on the jewel that powers the stone. Before they could intervene, the crowd creature removed the crystal, moved the jewel, and, fed in, and fled into the forest. Learned that militia followed the being a short ways into the wood, where they witnessed it entering a dark cave. The entire incident has unnerved all of us, says Quinn. For the magic that binds the jewel to the standing stones is most ancient and powerful. That kind of breaks up magic muster its own right to be of great potency. We fear that the theft of the jewel could portend an, portend an intimate invasion. Without the protection of all three standing stones, our defences are indeed humbled. Cruin tells you that following the theft of the jewel, the Fenorians made a desperate plea, plea in the form of a unified prayer to Palak. He asked that he might send us again his chosen disciple, states the leader of the Fenorians. It would appear that our prayer has been answered. There are many in shadow of that you have long felt that the great warrior spirit has forsaken us entirely. I hope that your presence will convince them otherwise. There is little time, cautions Kirik. You must enter the cave in the forest and seek out the creature that stole the jewel. Only with the safe return of the jewel can we hope to adequately defend our home. Until the jewel is back in its proper place, we will remain vulnerable to attack and infiltration. I pray that you will achieve a swift victory. And here is a safe this is a safe place. I can rest, I can I can save, which I will do. Shadow Edge in the realm of Canal is a town engaged in a daily battle for survival against the unrelenting tide of vile and treacherous enemies that press its borders. A high wall surrounds the town and a watchtower next to the main gates offers a wide view of the dangerous lands that border the last standing Fenorian refuge. A collection of grey stone buildings make up the interior of the town, though streets lie empty. Save for the frequent patrols of well-armed and highly trained citizenry, no sun shines across Canorvanor, but a thin, greyish light seeps through the perpetual scenery of clouds 
illuminating the once glorious realm of Palk. Well, time to go to that cave in the forest. So the longer I wait, the more time they have to plan the invasion. It's a relatively short trek to your destination in the forest outside at the Shadow Edge. Within an hour, you find yourself standing on an outcrop of weathered stone, staring down at the dark, foreboding mouth of the cave. You hope that somewhere in the inky darkness of the cave, you will find the missing jewel so desperately needed by the Fenorians. Enter the cave, you need a light source, but I have one. The thin grey light of Fanon Or filters into the cave from its mouth to the west. A passage leads into the darkness to the east. I go east! Strange sounds echo in the distance. Now and again you feel as if something is following you along the Shadow Cave passage. You are eager to complete your mission and leave this foul place once and for all. Okay, I've got passages north, east and west. I'll go north. A bright red flash suddenly illuminates the dark passage and you gasp in horror as you behold a crackling bolt of crimson flame hurtling through the darkness towards you. You have only seconds to react before the bolt will strike you square on the chest. Attempt to dodge the streaking bolt. Picking it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Number. Bonus of 18 from Agility. Got to get 50 more. 50 or more, or I'll be barbecued. 77. Success. You dive, you hop to your right barely a second before the flaming missile streaks past, avoiding what would most likely have been a fatal impact. Wiping the grime of the cave floor off your attire, you stagger to your feet and peer ahead into the darkness, half expecting another bolt will follow. Your eyes come to west on something odd. The shadows not far along the passage. Sitting on the ground, about ten yards along the passage, is a large orb of crystal. The strange object pulses with a faint reddish hue, emits a low, barely discernible hum. As you stand staring down at this odd item, you notice an apparition 
that the reddish hue is slowly becoming brighter. You have little doubt that this is the source of the flaming bolt, and it is preparing to discharge another. Well, better destroy this quick. You set about attempting to destroy the orb before it can unleash another deadly bout of flame. The crystal orb. I'm going to stab it. The glowing hot sparks erupt from the orb as you strike it. And it is smashed. 2xp. Your final blow shatters the crystal orb, sending a cloud of razor-sharp fragments into the air. You, steal your, you sheed your face as the crystal shards weighing down the cave passage all around you. The crystal orb is no more. Alright. I can go east one. You're freezing your tracks as your faithful light illuminates the massive bulk of a hulk fiend stomping out of the shadows towards you. The massive Neville Denson rises its powerful hook-tipped arms and prepares to bring them down upon you. This is a hook fiend. And I'm going to begin combat with it. The hook fiend smashes at you with his massive hook-tipped arms. And is slain. 2xp. The hook fiend crashes to the ground, its thick, greenish blood oozing from the deep wound you inflicted on it. This horrid, never-born abomination will never again terrorise another soul. Suddenly, so off in the distance, a faint but unnerving, ghoulish laugh lies in the darkness. Alright, back to the entrance, then I go east. Crackling a cackling emerge erupts from the darkness, proceed along the passage. Your progress is halted as a half dozen knee high horned creatures silk out the shadows to surround you. The largest of these grotesque purple hued humanoids slobbers an unintelligible command, and the fire creatures set themselves upon you without mercy. These are horned creepers. These small humanoid abominations reside in the depths of the Neverness and are known to haunt countless Neverall realms. Their thick, warty skin is a purplish hue, a small horn protruding from the middle of their skulls. Coupled with their ability to move without barely making a sound, has given wise, given wise to their name. Alright, these are five horn creepers, and I am going to stab them. Stab! Down go two of them. The horn creepers, ca- creepers crackle menacingly, seem to gorn you with their horns. Stab, stab! Two more go down. Stab! There goes the last. They are slain. 2xp. The five-horned creepers lie in an expanding pool of blood at your feet. Their leader, nearly twice as large as this small brethren, snarls at you, bearing a row of jagged, blood-stained teeth. The disgusting creature howls with rage as it flings itself across the passage at you. It's a large-horned creeper, and it's going to die. The foul beast thrusts its sizable horn at your midsection. And it did. 2xp. The horn creeper topples over. Its 
grotesque head nearly split in two from the ferocity of your blows. A foul stench arises from his corpse. That's all you can do to keep from gagging. Alright, one more to the east. Nope. That reaches the end of passage. Now the southern part. The crudely etched symbol of Pauk adorns the wall here. It has been mockingly disfigured. Alright, there's a little alcove to the south. You freeze in your tracks as your light source illuminates the massive bulk of a hawk fiend stomping out of the shadows towards you. The massive Neville Denson raises his sharp, sharp, powerful hook-ticked arms and prepares to bring them down upon you as a hook fiend. This hawking, grotesque, two-legged horror is a denizen of the Nevelous. Patches of wiry grey and brown fur cover its thick hide. Its powerful, muscular arms are fitted with enormous bone hooks instead of hands. Like many of the wicked creatures that spring from the depths of the Nevelous, this hook fiend knows no fear and shows no mercy. Go back and fight! Fight like your life depends on it! Because it does! Hook Fiend smashes you with his massive hook-tipped arms. And is slain. 2xp. The Hook Fiend crashes to the ground. <laughs> its thick, greenish blood oozing from the deep wounds you inflicted on it. This horrid Neville abomination will never again terrorise another soul. Suddenly, somewhere far off in the distance, a faint but a nerving ghoulish laugh rises in the darkness. Right, back along the passage to the east. Advancing along the cave passage towards you is a pair of flaming swordsmen. Bright blue and green flames cover their bodies and leap from the blaze of their long swords. The swordsmen hold aloft their weapons and, and the sound of hundreds of voices shriek, shriek in terror fills the passage. You steer yourself for a brutal encounter as the fearsome beings approach. Burning Bladesmen, they also have a law book link. These cruel, ghastly human swordsmen are found throughout many Neville's realms, although they make their realm in the fiery realm of Tacliff, where they serve their lord and master, Emberwath. The Slayer. Well, let's take these down. These burning blademen. They clash you with their flaming swords. One of them's down. And there goes the other. I don't know how you... You, you stab fire, but I did it. You take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. Before once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Archive to the south. It's got another hook fiend. I'll just take these dab, stabity, stab, stab. Alright, 3xp for that. But, the, but suddenly, some more off in the distance, a faint but unnerving ghoulish laugh rises in the darkness. Alright. I'll keep it going along the path. Now going a bit north. Another southern alcove with another hook fiend. And that is also slain. 
And there's another ghoulish laugh. 4 XP, they're getting tougher. Possibly. A ghastly crackling precedes the arrival of seven small, grotesque humanoids who emerge from the shadows on your right, glaring you menacingly. A single horn protrudes from the head of each of the purple-skinned horrors. The seven horned creepers stalk along the passage towards you, their small feet making no sound as they lightly strike the cave floor. Seven horned creepers! Well, they're going down too. They, they cackle menacingly as they attempt to gore you with their horns. Stab! Down go two. Stab! Down go three. Stab! Gando the other two. You must slain your foes. 4xp. There's little time to dwell on your victory. For no sooner has the last of the horn creepers has been dispatched. A sound from behind causes you to spin around. In the gloom of the cave passage your eyes behold a new danger steadily approaching. Advancing along the cave passage towards you is a flaming swordsman. Bright and blue Bright blue and green flames cover the being's entire form and leap from the blade of his drawn long sword. The swordsman opens his mouth as if to speak, but the din of a thousand shrieking voices fills the passage. You approach us, you steal yourself as a brutal encounter with the fearsome being approaches. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Are they dust fire? Or are they something on fire? It's not it's not 100% sure, but I'm just going to say they're dust fire, because it's cooler to fight dust fire. The Bainesman slashes you with this flaming sword. The flames leap from the enemy's blade and shear your flesh. No, not my flesh. I need that for things. You have slain your foe. 2 XP. Take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory, for once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Alright, I'm kind of near the northeastern side now. Keep going along the passage. A cloaked skeletal figure, its fleshless head covered by a tall hood, steps into the passage before you and hisses menacingly. The creature's hands begin to glow bright blue, and you fear... Fear that it is preparing to to wheel, to wield some sort of foul magic. Our master, Zograk, bids you welcome. This is the being. He longs for the chance to feast on the flesh of a disciple of Plauk. The wicked creature throws its hands forward. The tines of blue lightning begin to crackle around its fingers. This is a bone sorcerer. Stab! Stab it right, right, right between the spine. It just lever the, I just right, right between the third and the fourth thoracic vertebrae, and I pull down. Then I hop on the pommel and it, and it leave them apart. It just ah, something like that, and. It just breaks in two. You have slain your foe. To XP. Take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. For once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Alright. 
thick spider webs dangle from the ceiling here. You take care not to brush against them as you explore the stone chamber. On the far side of this room, a dark opening leads down into shadow. Descend through the dark opening. Oh, but there's another floor. A faint breeze dips, drifts down from the dark opening overhead. The sound of dripping water echoes somewhere off in the distance. Alright, I can go north, now I can go east or west. I'll start by going east. The air is cold on this level of the cave. Oh, four burning bladesmen rush into the passage in front of you, their flaming weapons drawn in preparation for battle. You steal yourself for a brutal encounter as the fearsome beings rapidly approach. Begin combat. Bladesmen slash at you with their flaming swords. And you are slain. 2xp. Take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. For once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Yes, the air is cold on this level of the cave. You can't help but shiver as you proceed with great caution through the eerie darkness. Okay, now on the eastern side, going north. Your progress along the passage is halted when a large blob of yellow ooze weaves into the view ahead. The undulating mass of fetid muck emits a foul odour that causes your eyes to wander. Well, attack the yellow ooze, of course! Long, sicky tendrils emerge from the ooze's quivering form as you draw within melee range. Oh, i got to get so close to it because I'm using a dagger! Oh, if only I if only I could carry a longer weapon. Ah, oh, just have to use destruction magic, Neville energy blast. You sell your energy with a deadly blast of negative Neville energy for ten damage. Then for eight damage. Then for nine damage. Then for eight damage. Then nine damage and eight damage. Anyway, it is slain. 3xp, all to destruction. It would have been more if I'd levelled up destruction. Your final blow spatters the foul ooze onto the walls, floor and ceiling of the cave passage. You watch as the last remnants of the putrid slime quiver, then slowly dissolve into stone, leaving behind no trace of their existence. Alright, going north, northeast corner, now go west. Oops, another burning bladesman. The silent warrior moves quietly towards you. Oh no, oh, this is different. It's a burning blade master. Bright, and bright blue and green flames leap from the body and sword of a broad shouldered burning bladesman that suddenly strides into the passage ahead of you. The silent warrior moves quickly towards you, his longsword poised to cut you down where you stand. This is a burning blade master. So he's like a burning bladesman, but better. The bladesman swings, the blade master swings his flaming longsword at you. And you have slain him. To an extent, I guess, does that make me... A Burning Blades Master 2? Is that how it works? Can I now command Burning Bladesman? 
take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory, once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Alright, going west, now I go south, descend the steps, no, no, not yet, not yet. There's more on this floor. Alright, making my way back to the entrance to the floor, now going west instead. Three burning bladesmen, I'll just stabity stab stab stab. Down they go, 2xp. Zarwark the Vanquisher awaits you! Hisses a woody slaysman as it steps into view less than ten yards from where you stand. The good ma the good master awaits the foolish mortal who dares tread here under the banner of Pauk. It's a bone sorcerer. I'm gonna stab you. Alright, not as good as my previous stab, but still pretty good. The bone source so reaches out to touch you with his electrified fingers. Yes, I'm just leaving rib shards all over the place. Stabity stab. More stabbing. More stab. And this is slain. Stab. Through the stab. Just through the neck. There. Then the head comes off and then it can't do anything. You're slaying your foe. 2 XP. Take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. For once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Alright, go north. Go west. No, right, go, go east now. A lone skeleton. Its fleshless head concealed in the shadows cast by an oversized black hood. Suddenly appears in the passage. Zhawak shall grind your bones to dust, human! Hisses the skeleton. His blue sparks begin to swirl around his bony fingers. No disciple of Plauk shall tread in the master's lair without inviting his wrath. And now, this is a bone sorcerer. And you're going to meet the fate as all the others. Stab! Oh, it's just... It's kind of... It's, it's, it's hinged... It's got a hinge just attracting it. Its neck's almost... It says almost severed, but it's kind of just... Flopping about. Just enough. One more, and it is slain. 2xp. The, bo the bone source sort of crumbles to the ground at your feet. Suddenly a ghost-like form rises out of the shattered remains of the skeleton. You watch in horror as the wavering image of a large, armoured skeleton appears in the passage before you. The skeleton hisses viciously and draws a blood-stained longsword from its side, levering the blade at you menacingly. You are yet nearer to painful certain death, human! The image shrieks. I wait you in the shadows! The image rapidly fades. You once again find yourself alone in the dark. Alright, let's just go back round to the way down. This floor is explored. On to the next. Descend the step of steps. Set of steps. A set of, of steep, rough-hewn stone steps. Ascend through the dark opening. 
Large patches of green and brown mould cover the walls and ceiling of this cave. Right, I can go east. Now, there is, there is ways to go to the north, south, east. I'll start with the east. Loud crackling erupts from all sides in the mysterious hope for combat. As six horn creepers leap from the shadows on either side of the passage. Alright, I'll just take you down, horned creepers. You're such creepy creepers. 2xp. You take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. Once again, setting off through the shadowy cave. East again. The massive chest constructed out of... Constructed out of the skull and bones of some mythic beast sits against the wall of this alcove. A keyhole is plainly visible between the glaring eye sockets of the skull. The chest is locked, and you're most and you're almost certain it must be protected by some sort of magic. If I had the key, I could use it. If I had telekinesis, I could use it. But I could also use the power of destruction, and I will call upon the power of destruction. Succeeded. Eight XP to destruction. Using your power of destruction, you manage to disintegrate. Great, the chest lock mechanism. You're about to move over and open the chest when you're surprised that it suddenly flies open. Without warning, a bright flash erupts from the open chest, setting several wings of fire hurtling towards you. You must act quickly if you are to avoid the deadly trap. Without fortification, I can use it, but I don't. Attempt to dive clear of the wings of fire. Pick a number. Bonus of 18 from agility. Gotta get 50 more. Or I will be cuisine for a very short-sighted Frenchman who can't tell frogs from toads. Pick now. 69. Success. You dive to the floor of the cave, narrowly escaping contact with the wings of flame. From your own prone position, you watch as the wings hurtle past and strike the cave wall, erupting into several showers of crimson sparks. You quickly return to your feet and move over to peer into the open chest. Much to your surprise, the interior of the massive chest is empty, save for a small black stone wing. The wing, carved into the likeness of a fearsome serpent, you promptly take possession of the wing. It's an unidentified black stone wing. This wing is carved out of solid black bone. It's been fashioned into the likeness of a fearsome serpent. I'll have to identify it once I've got that orb. Alright, so now I can go north or south. <laughs> north. The skeleton in flowing black robes emerges from the shadows and levels a glowing bony finger at you. The creature hisses sharply as sparks begin to dance about the tip of its finger. This is a bone sorcerer. The bone sorcerer reaches out to touch you with its electrified fingers. And it is slain. 2xp. You take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. For once again setting off through this shadowy cave. Alright, a bit more quick healing. Alright, now I can go north a bit. 
and then I turn to the east. Four burning bladesmen appear out of the darts ahead, move swiftly towards you. Well, these are going down. The burning bladesmen slash at you with their flaming swords, and are slain. 2xb. You barely had a moment to catch your breath when an eerie, echo echoing cackle cackles erupt from the darkness. You turn about just in time to see seven horned creepers slinking out of the darkness. The horrid creatures gash their sharp teeth as they close in. Seven horned creepers. Let's take these down. The horned creepers cackle menacingly as they attempt to gore you with their horns. And they are slain. 2xp. The sound of heavy footfalls reaches your ears as you stand at the weddy. Waiting, waiting, the unexpected, massive grey, grey shape lumbers out of the shadows. Stomping along the passage towards you is a large being of stone, st solid stone, twice the size of the largest human. The powerful creature wields a massive stone club that it uses to strike the wall as it advances. It's a stone slayer. At least twice as large as the largest human, and many times stronger than that. Stone slayers are fearsome beings formed out of solid stone that haunt many Neverall realms. These beings feel, fear nothing and normally wield massive stone clubs. They'll often be found in the service of some greater Neverall denizen. Alright, let's take it down. The stone slayer swipes through his massive club and does eight damage. Hits me again. You're not supposed to do that. So there, I'm going to stabby wage at that. And it is slain. 4xp. We take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory. For once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Alright, quick healing. Alright, keep going east. There's something to the south. You arrive at the dead end of the cave passage. And are stunned to find a wounded Fenorian man slumped against a wall. He looks up at, up at, up as you approach and smiles weakly. His feet and hands are bound tightly with thick rope. You quickly untie him and he staggers to his feet, and then bows deeply before you. I began to give up help, he says. Never dreamed I'd be rescued by a disciple of the great warrior spirit. You are a most welcome sight. Man tells you his name is Gilbrin, and he was captured by the foul denizens of his lair almost a week ago, as he and five others patrolled the border of Shadow Edge. The others were killed, he said. I am certain that Kirin and the others have given us up, all up for dead. Given myself up for dead, but when I heard the sound of my captures being slain, I knew the great warrior spirit had not abandoned me. You rest here at the end of the cave passage for some time with Gebrin, while he recovers his strength. My stamina points are fully restored. Nice, I needed that. At last, Gebrin tells you he feels strong enough to continue, and he instructs him to leave the cave and return to Shadow Edge Lots. He nods in agreement and lights a lamp that he draws out of a pack slung over his shoulder. There's a powerful wickedness in this place, warns Gebrin as he departs. I fear you are very near to it now. You must take care, disciple. You watch as Gebrin departs, following the light of his lamp, until he is at last swallowed up by the gloom.
Yay, I helped someone. Now and again, a long, a long, chilling laugh rises in the distance, echoing eerily off the walls of the cave. With your steel nerves somewhat on edge, you continue to press on through the dank subterranean lair. Okay, now the south passage. A skeleton in flowing black robes emerges from the shadows and levels a bony, glowing, bony finger at you. The creature hisses sharply as sparks begin to dance about the tip of its finger. This is a bone sorcerer. And I've faced quite enough of you. The bone sorcerer reaches out to touch you with his electrified fingers. You cry out in pain as tines of blue lightning envelop your body for five damage. And they are slain. 2xp. You take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory before once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Okay, going east. The sound of heavy footfalls reaches your ears and you stand at the ready, awaiting the unexpected. A mass, massive grey shape lumbers out, out of the shadows. Stomping along the passage towards you is a large being of solid stone, twice the size of the largest human. The powerful creature wields a massive stone club that uses to strike the wall as it advances. This is a stone slayer. The stone slayer swipes at you with this massive club. And but it's still gonna get stabbed. 4XP. You take a few moments to catch your breath following your victory, for once again setting off through the shadowy cave. Okay, going east. North I'm in the southeast corner. Go north one. The passage you're following opens into a broad stone chamber with high ceilings. Your heart skips a beat as your eyes fall upon a terrifying being standing on the far side of the womb. The tall, robed being strides into the centre of the chamber, flanked on either side by hulking stone slayers. As he draws into your circle of light, you get your first clear glimpse of Zalgrag the Vanquisher, who has a link. Zalgrag the Vanquisher, a powerful undead being that has roamed the shadowy vastness of the Nevernus for ages uncounted. Zalgrag inspires fear in those who oppose him, and then those commanded to do his bidding. Zalgrag can assume several forms, but it's most common for him to take on appearance of a tall, robed, skeletal figure. Many Neville realms, and perhaps several realms on worlds outside the Neverness, have known the cruel malice of this powerful undead lord, and have been laid to waste beneath the feet of his dark forces. Well, alright, he's a baddie. He's a big bad evil guy. Well, maybe not, maybe not a big bad evil guy. Sort of a medium-sized bad evil guy. Zalgrag sides into the centre of the chamber, his long robes following behind him, the wings of some giant bird of prey. He rests his head and peers directly at you, his fleshless face and glowing blue eye sockets plainly visible beneath the heavy hood that shrouds his head. A hundred realms have known the pain I wield, he said Zawag, 
This realm is fallen. All that remains to be vanquished is the walking vermin of Prowk, which in folly stands before me. Are you of such insolence, disciple, that you do not know when you face your own doom? Zarak waves his hand, and two hulking stone slayers lumber forward, prepared to crush you, as if as silently bidden by their powerful master. Alright, here's a stone slayer, I'll just take that on. The stone slayer swipes at you with his massive massive clubs, and yeah, they are slain. The two stone slay slayers lie moving at your feet. You step over their remains, and step threateningly towards the towering figure of Zalgrag. Zalgrag hisses loudly, and waves his hand as you approach. A swirling blue portal suddenly appears in front of them, and through it step the, step the minions of the undead lord, bent on the destruction of their master's foe. Two burning bladesmen. Well, I took you down before, as you slash at me... Me with your flaming swords! You are still slain! 2XB. Zarag laughs and draws from beneath his robes a black-bladed longsword, which he levels at you menacingly. You will know the pain of a thousand deaths, worm of Pauk! He hisses. You steal yourself for a brutal melee as the towering form of Zalkrat, the Vanquisher, approaches. Begin combat. Zalkrat slashes you with his black-bladed longsword. Black flames erupt from the blade of Zalkrat's sword and sear your flesh for, 11, for 9 damage. But now I do 11 damage. And then another 11. And then proper stab. Right in the eye socket. You have slain your foe. 68 XP. Zalkwig's long sword slips from his grip and clatters to the floor of the cave. The towering woe's figure staggers backwards several steps and then suddenly crumples into a pile of bones. The terror of a thousand worlds is no more. He quickly searches remains and discover the following. It's an unidentified longsword. Let's have a look. This is of common quality when it's unidentified, but I'll take it. A black bone key. This small key you took from the remains of Zarag the Vanquisher. It'll probably help with that chest. And an unidentified amulet. I'll take that too. Your heart leaps when beneath the fo a fold of Zarag's woes. Discover the missing standing stone. Oh, yeah, that 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 was what I was looking for. I, I, I was I got so Kent, I got so caught up in you know the slaying skeletons. I almost forgot about that. You quickly snatch up the weighty gemstone and place it securely among your possession. Standing stone jewel. Let's have a look at it. This is the missing standing stone jewel. You must present it to Kirin Takram in Shadow Hedge at once, and I will. With Zarag defeated and the missing stone jewel now, jewel now safely in your possession, you actually should at once return to Shadow Edge. Alright, and I will. 
Alright, let's get to the stairs to the second level. Ascend the stairs. Oh, I'm having to make it back manually. I guess that's convenient for people who want to, you know, worry about missing things. Because you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about, oh, you've reached the boss and now you can't explore the, the dungeon anymore. Better hope you have everything. Of course, I don't think you won't be able to return. Alright, there's that symbol of Palk on the first floor. Go west and exit the cave. You emerge from the cave into the perpetual dim greyish light that seeps through the eternal ceiling of heavy clouds over the realm of Kynor Fanor. Elated by the knowledge your mission has been a success, you set off for Shadow Hedge at once. Your triumphant return to Shadow Hedge is met with the accolades of the grateful Fenorians. In the eyes of these brave but beleaguered inhabitants of Kanor Fanor, you are truly a worthy disciple of the great warrior spirit. Kerwin Taklam congratulates you, and orders the standing stone jewel you recovered be immediately restored to its proper place. Keskun, the only mage among the Fenorians, takes this jewel from, from you and leaves with a heavily armed contingent to carry out the final leg of the mission. With the standing stone jewel, jewel back in its rightful place, the town of Shadow Edge is once again better protected from the evil that continuously presses its borders. Quinn thanks you again for retrieving the jewel and he asks that you pay a visit to Lena the weaponship, weaponsmith. Lena has a matter she urgently wish, wishes to urgently discuss with you, she says. If you would stop back here later, I may also have a task worthy of your amazing abilities. You bid Kuram farewell and set out for the streets of Shadow Edge. Alright, I'm in, I'm in the main part of Shadow Edge. Time to rest. Now, let's identify all those things we found. The Ring of Dark Valor. The Dark Fire Blade and the Back Black Bone Amulet, which together give me 48 XP to Arcania. Allow me to level it up to level 36, which is definitely a, bu a bonus. Doesn't really help much, but still, it's a bonus. Now, let, what, what did we get? The Dark Fire Blade. It's got a melee rating of 4. It's magical and it's slashy. Alright, next up is the Blackbone Amulet. Neville Reserve plus three. Hmm, interesting. This piece of magical armor will protect your neck. How does it compare to Dragon Claw? Well, it's better for MV, but worse for the other stats. And at this stage in the game, boosting. MI is the most important stat to boost. Because you don't ha really have enough health to survive facing facing things that are are purple are purple or or above. Above with difficulty. Once you once once you get late in the game, SP becomes more important. And then at the end game, 
envy is the most important stat. Because by then you'll have enough enough health to survive long enough to just blast everything with magic. And you'll well, <laughs> And you'll need magic to to just heal yourself through this long combat congus, combat congus, combat congus. Alright, and let's see. And now for Wing of Dark Valor. Three melee waiting, three stamina points. This wing is carved out of solid black bone. It has been fashioned into the likeness of a fearsome serpent. And it is a definite keeper on my fingers. Or whatever, it's not really sure. I'm not sure where they're going. Alright, I'm going to unequip the Woe's Grin Wing. And put on the Wing of Dark Valor. Alright, that wise is my SP to 81. My MR to My MR to 80. S my MR is 70, SP 81. What did I, did I lose from unequipping the Woe's Green Wing? I lost two agility and two luck. And I actually did lose them. So that, that will slow me down at some points. And maybe, maybe keeping those two base stats might be more important. But I, I don't think so. Anyhow. Time. There is... There is more yet to do in the realm of Canorphanar. But I could also just leave and nothing will happen. Because that's, that's just how it works in video games. Well, most video games. If if something... You could say, our town is about to be attacked by a huge goblin horde. In five minutes. But then you could wander off for 15 days and... They won't have turned up yet. It's just a... It's just a convenience, really. Anyway. I... This... I don't... The, the order you play them... Is not necessarily the order they actually happened. Because I think... A lot of these stories are... Being retold. So... You know what it is. Like sometimes people just... Tell different stories. Tell the stories out of order. No, 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 no. That's enough of Canofar. Tell me about that time he brought down the Phantom Assassin. No, no. Tell me about the time he fought Woundskin. Woundskin. Well, which time? Because he fought him a lot. No, 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 no. Tell me about that time he saved the entire city from bandits. Nah. Tell me about the time he broke down that big stone construct. Nah. Tell me about that time he fought those snakes. Nah, nah. Talking about that time he fought a dragon. No, 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 not fought a dragon. Defended a dragon. Yeah, and so on. Something like that. Anyhow, time to save. And so next time, well, I think I'll... Well, I want to get some gold, so I'll be hunting the Phantom Assassin. I think. Anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.